0: Is the Democratic Party engaging in a money laundering scheme with Ukraine and a cryptocurrency company? What? Also, what the heck is going on in Arizona? And. First, I have a word for pastors seeking to unite their congregants under the banner of truth and why that is so important, maybe more important than ever. We've got all of this and more today. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right, happy Monday. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. A quick news roundup today. Tomorrow, we're going to do a quick pop culture roundup. Lots to talk about in that arena, especially when it comes to childbearing and surreacy and all that crazy stuff. But today, I just wanted to look at a few things that happened over the weekend and make sure that we discussed and analyzed them at least briefly today. I'm going to hopefully have a guest on later in this week who is going to help us do more of a deep dive into the elections that are still going on and just ended over the weekend, what happened in Arizona, and also the whole FTX thing. But we are going to talk about them a little bit today, just so you know what's going on, and maybe we'll go a little bit deeper later in the week. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to extend some thoughts that I shared on Instagram yesterday that I think resonated with a lot of you. I was encouraged by the response, but also saddened by the response that I got. And it was just a thought that I had after church, not based on my own experience at church. I'm very thankful for the church that I have. I know where our pastor stands on on everything. So that was not a concern of mine. But in looking at the landscape of the United States when it comes to how Christians talk about issues and what is being talked about in the pulpit about some of the most, would you say, controversial issues of our day? So, gender, abortion. Sexuality, the definition of marriage and the family. It seems from what I see on social media, now a lot of pastors' sermons, or at least sound bites from their sermons, do circulate on social media. And from a lot of the complaints that I receive from you all, I see that pastors are very often afraid to talk about these subjects. They think, well, maybe we can just avoid these hot button issues so that we won't be divisive, so we won't push people away. Or maybe it's just not necessary to talk about these things that are so offensive to so many people. We can just preach the other parts of the Bible and hope that by preaching the gospel, people's hearts will be changed, which of course is true. And then they'll just kind of pick up on the rest of the stuff, and we don't even have to really explicitly talk about this. And I think that that is a mistake. I understand that I have never and will never be in a position of a pastor, and that pastors have a really difficult job. And there is a lot of grace to be had for pastors who are simply doing their best, navigating these new obstacles in our culture that 10 to 20 years ago, pastors didn't really have to think about. Yes, pastors always had to consider sin and preach about sin and preach about cultural and social and moral confusion and repudiate that with the Word of God. That has always been a task of a pastor, and it still is to this day. But the questions that we are dealing with are existential questions. They're fundamental questions that previous generations could really take for granted because we all shared the basic, the same basic understanding of them. We didn't have to talk about in detail what the difference is between male and female biologically. We didn't really have to worry that the culture was coming after the definition of marriage that has been the definition of marriage since the beginning of time. Uh, we didn't have to worry about crazy assertions that men can become women and can have babies we weren't dealing with as rabid of an abortion lobby which doesn't just say that abortion should be safe legal and rare but actually that babies inside the womb aren't humans at all and even if they aren't humans we should basically view them as parasites and so there is a difference today than what pastors were dealing with 10 to 20 years ago. Again, a lot of things the same, for sure, um, but a lot of things different, and in some ways... In some ways, maybe more challenging. And not only that, but you have a vicious and vitriolic other side of this that is waiting sometimes for a pastor or a teacher to say the wrong thing so that they can blast them as a bigot or exclusive or unchrist like or something like that. You have a world today who believes that love is just unconditional tolerance and acceptance. And I think because a lot of pastors are sensitive to the culture and are sensitive to um, people's offensiveness. They just won't explicitly and clearly lay down what the Bible has to say about these things. They will kind of mention them in passing or they'll be vague about them or they'll cushion them or caveat them or nuance them until it's really confusing what they are even trying to say because they don't want to be, and we've learned apparently that a lot of people view in the past few years, especially, they don't want to be um what is considered the gravest sin today, and that is divisive. They don't want to divide. We should just be unifying. Let's talk about the things that can bring us together. But look, the word of God is a double-edged sword. It is going to divide. The truth divides, as Martin Luther once said, uh, truth at all costs, peace if possible. And that should be the mantle that we take up. That should be the mentality that we have. As far as it depends on us, we should be at peace with everyone. That is true, but never at the expense of the truth. And while I understand that pastors have fears and concerns and considerations that I will never fully understand because I will never be a pastor, and I'm very thankful for that, it's a hefty, hefty responsibility. The book of James says not everyone should be teachers. Teachers are going to be judged more harshly. So with all of the sympathy and all of the understanding that I can have in the world, I still say that it is a mistake. It is a grave mistake. It is a grave disservice, not only to the congregations that pastors shepherd, but also the culture at large to not speak directly and explicitly and clearly and consistently on the issues of abortion and gender and family and sexuality. Because all of these, while they do have political and culture war and social implications for the Christian, they are not primarily political. They're not primarily social issues or culture war issues. They're primarily for the Christian biblical issues. And not just biblical issues, they're foundational issues. They go all the way back to the first chapter of the Bible, as we talk about a lot. All right, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day. And that is one of my favorites. It's Adele Natural Cosmetics. I love this company. It was started by Arlene back in 1999. She went through a health crisis and she reassessed all of the ingredients that were in the things that she was putting on and in her body. She wanted to make sure that the makeup that she was wearing was toxin-free, as natural as possible. So she started making her own makeup. All of Adele Natural Cosmetics items are made in the US. They are handmade by this family and they share our values. These are Christians. They are strongly and loudly pro life. I just love working with them. I've met um, Arlene and her husband, and they're just amazing, amazing people. Plus, I genuinely love their stuff. I'm wearing their foundation right now. I'm wearing their cream blush. I think it's Popsicle. I am also wearing their lipstick, which is Times Square. And I truly just love all of their stuff. And I love their skincare too. I use their facial cleanser and their moisturizer every day. That's why it's one of my favorite sponsors because I use them so much. So go to adelnaturalcosmetics.com. That's A-D-E-L, naturalcosmetics.com. Enter promo code ALLY for 25% off your first order. It makes a great Christmas gift. adelnaturalcosmetics.com. Promo code ALLY. 25% off your first order. adelnaturalcosmetics.com. As I mentioned in almost every speech that I give to try to help people understand how Christians should be viewing these very existential fundamental questions, we go all the way back to the first chapter of the Bible. Really, you go all the way back to the first first of the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, and that is God created the heavens and the earth. If he created the heavens in the earth, then he's the authority over all of it. He is the definer of all things. He is the giver of all truth. He is the arbiter of all morality. He says what is, what isn't, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's male, what's female, when life begins, why it's valuable. We see all of these things in the first verse of the first chapter of the first book of the Bible. And then if we go down a little bit further in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 127, God created... Human beings in his image, man in his image, male and female, he created them. Part of being made in God's image is to be made male and female. Right there, we see that human beings are made in the image of God. From the point that they are humans, which is conception, any time after that that you give that entity humanity is just arbitrary. It really only makes logical and scientific sense to say that a human being is a human being when it has its own unique DNA, which is the point of conception. So all human beings made in the image of God, point of conception onward. All human beings are made male and female. And marriage is defined as between one male and one female. Um, And that is the structure of the family. God defines it in the first chapter of the Bible. And I just wonder, if pastors were more clear on this, on these issues, which are biblical issues for the Christian, they are pre-America, they are pre-political, they are pre-civilizational, again, all the way back to the first chapter of the Bible, if all pastors were clear and consistent on these issues, maybe the church wouldn't be as divided. Like maybe the reason that, The church is so divided is not because pastors are talking about these things, but because there are so many pastors who are not. Maybe of all pastors uh, considered preaching the entire counsel of God, not worrying about what the culture thinks, not worrying about what political stage that we're in, not worried about who might be offended by what that day, and didn't even think about The politics of it, didn't even consider themselves a culture warrior, but simply looked at the Word of God and said, I'm going to preach all of this. This has been true since the beginning of time. This has been the banner of the church for 2,000 years. I am going to preach this consistently and clearly and courageously in the hopes that everyone who considers themselves under the authority of scripture, which all Christians should, will be unified around this truth. I mean, really, what value does unity have if we are unified under just, I don't know, an apathy to get to what is actually true? Like, if we are all just placating each other, and that's what we define as unity, in the sense that, oh, well, we're unified, but that's just because I won't say something that offends you and you won't say something that offends me, even if it's in my best interest or even if it's true. I don't think that's a unity worth having. So I just wonder if we would actually, though, be more unified in a healthy and biblical sense if pastors preached what is true about these things, not caring what cultural or political era or environment atmosphere that we are in because again these go back to the first chapter of the bible and listen pastors if you are not the one discipling your flock about these things if they are not getting the truth about these things from you i promise you they are going somewhere to figure out what is true I'm talking about believers, all right? Like, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about lukewarm people. I'm not talking about people who aren't believers. I'm talking about believers who have been saved by Christ. It it doesn't just, uh, understanding about all the cultural issues today, it doesn't necessarily naturally flow from salvation, Yes, the Holy Spirit is going to sanctify and is going to conform us to be like Christ and is going to give us wisdom. But God also gave us the church. God also gave us teachers to impart wisdom and understanding about the word of God. So that's why you have Christians, born again believers who are looking for answers on these questions, who are confused about these things. So if they are not hearing it from you pastors, they are going to go to TikTok. They're going to go to Instagram. They're going to go to me. And while I love filling the role of trying to make sense of the craziness and chaos of this world from a biblical perspective, I want to be secondary or tertiary in the line of authority that people have uh, when they are seeking answers on these things. I want them to be going to the Word of God. Of course, I want them to be going to their pastors. I want them to be going to trusted mentors and other authorities in their life. So I'm somewhere down that line. But I should not be the only person in a Christian's life who is helping them navigate these difficult questions about culture and morality. Your congregants are wondering about these things. They're, they're actually wondering, do I use preferred pronouns? Do I announce my pronouns when people ask? Do I put them in my email signature? If, um, if my employer is asking that I do. How do I navigate these things? Uh, should I be for exceptions on abortion? When really does life begin? Does the Bible say that abortion is okay in the book of Numbers? Is it more compassionate to be for quote-unquote bodily autonomy why should I care about the definition of marriage? Why should I care about the definition of the family? Why should do, are there any ethical or biblical questions to be had about reproductive technology and the surrogacy industry, all of these things? I'm not saying that every weekend that a pastor has to like tackle a big hot button cultural issue. But they should be absolutely firm and consistent and clear on these things where the Bible speaks to them, and I just fear that one of the reasons why we're divided as the church, one of the reasons why we are vying so much for the approval of the world is because we have pastors who do. So just something to consider. I also think that that, that alone, like if the church was just just the church, just the evangelical church, and I, I mean I, I don't even—there are so many different definitions of that. What I mean is non-mainline Protestant and non-Catholic. Like, if that church alone was firm and united on all of these Genesis 1 issues, that alone, I think, would be enough to change the culture. Um, And yet— people are confused. People are confused. People are confused about how God divines justice. People are confused about social justice versus real justice, about the value of life and the definition of marriage and gender. And we really should not be. These are basic, basic biblical questions that pastors should be addressing. And thank you, by the way, pastors who do, who lay it all out and who are unafraid and who you fear God more than you fear God man, I see you and I'm so thankful for you. And by the way, based on so many of the comments and the messages that I received after I posted that yesterday, your congregants are thankful for you. Your congregants are so grateful to have found a church where a pastor is unafraid to say what is true. I mean, people are just like craving courage right now. They're craving clarity. I would even say that the world, the lost world, is craving clarity and meaning and purpose. And while they're trying and failing to find it in the wrong places, they still want it. And there are Christians who want that too. Please give me clarity. Please show me courage. Please be relentless on this. Please don't cave. Please don't compromise. People are craving that. At least the remnant, God's remnant, God's church is absolutely craving that from their pastors. And so, I mean, maybe we take the time today, like if you have a pastor, you have a Bible study leader who is clear on these things, who has been unafraid, who has taken heat for it. Like maybe we take the time today to just thank them and to just say that we're praying for them and we know that it's difficult, but we are so thankful for their courage. I'm I'm thankful too. Okay, another one of my favorites, you guys know it, and it's Carly Jean Los Angeles. If we can go to the wide shot and everyone can see my Carly Jean jeans if you are watching on YouTube. So they're boot cut. I'm not typically a boot cut girl, but when I put my boots on, I was like, okay, yes, I like them. Carly Jean jeans are really the only jeans that I like to wear because they're so comfortable. They have a lot of give, and if I do say so myself, they are... Very flattering. Um, and uh, anytime I'm wearing any other kind of jeans, I don't care if they're designer jeans, how expensive they were, I don't like them. They just don't fit as well. So go to Carly Jean Los and use promo code Allie B. Get you some Carly Jean jeans. I really like all of their styles. Their wide leg styles are also really cute, but also they have a basics line, tops, bottoms that are all made in the US. Really amazing, high quality stuff. I'm wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles on a daily basis. Another one of those companies that shares our values too. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB for 20% off. That's CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Promo code AllieB. Always free shipping over $100. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Code AllieB. All right, so just wanted to talk about a couple things. First, I quickly wanted to talk about these this FTX story, which I just think is wild. Now, your girl, unsurprisingly, is not an expert on cryptocurrency. So we're not going to get into the intricacies of that. We have been talking for quite a while about getting an expert on cryptocurrency on the show because my husband's tried to explain it to me. And at the end of every explanation, I'm like, so it's not real. Where is it? What do you mean by computers? Like, I know what a computer is, but it seems like you're talking about a different kind of computer. And so <laughs> I do not know everything about cryptocurrency. My husband knows way better than me, and we're going to have someone on at some point to talk about it. But I can talk about some of the details of the story that I've read that I think it's, it's quite pertinent, and it should be a much bigger story among the mainstream media than it is right now. So this is according to Post Millennial. Ukraine invested in top dim donors crypto company FTX as Biden admin funded war efforts. So let me just like simplify that a little bit. This FTX company is a cryptocurrency company. It's a multi-billion dollar company. It turns out that they were scamming their customers, turning around and like spending the money that was invested in the company. This company is also a top democratic company donor. So it funds the campaigns, donates to Democratic politicians. It's actually the second biggest donor to the Democratic Party behind George Soros. And we found out that not only is the company a scam, but also that Zelensky in Ukraine had partnered with FTX. So what it seems like from the reporting that we have is that um, we, are tax dollars, Billions and billions of our tax dollars in in the midst of an inflation crisis are being sent to Ukraine to fund a war effort. We've talked about that several times, how just strange it is that our politicians seem to care more about the sovereignty and the borders of Ukraine than they care about our own sovereignty and borders. So our money is being sent there. And then Zelensky is then turning around and apparently using that money to invest in and partner with this company FTX, FTX is then using that money to fund the Democratic Party. So how is that not money laundering? I mean, I just as a simple gal and putting that together and that seems kind of scandalous to me. So here's what Postmillennial says. It was, um, let's see, So it was also revealed that FTX had partnered with Ukraine to process donations to their war efforts within days of Joe Biden pledging billions of American taxpayer dollars to the country. Ukraine invested into FTX as the Biden administration funneled funds to the invaded nation and FTX then made massive donations to Democrats in the U.S. Um so an article from the cryptocurrency news website CoinDesk from March 15, 2022 reported that Ukraine partnered with FTX and that FTX is converting crypto contributions to Ukraine's war effort into fiat for deposit at the National Bank of Ukraine. Um and then Putin invaded on February 24th. And by March, the Biden administration had already sent a total of two billion dollars to Ukraine for security assistance. And then on March 16th, two days after the Ukraine FTX partnership, Biden gave another eight hundred million dollars to Ukraine. As of November, the U.S. has sent 60 billion dollars to Ukraine. Uh, Bankman Freed, who is the guy that runs FTX, the cryptocurrency company, made donations to the Dems that totaled thirty nine point eight million dollars, putting him just behind George Soros and his $128 million. It's amazing that George Soros is even allowed to have any say in our political, in our political world at all. Bankman-Fried became a significant donor to Biden starting in 2020. As Bloomberg reports, Bankman-Fried had his net worth go from $15.6 billion to $1 billion. Dollars in the biggest one-day collapse that it had ever seen among billionaires over this past weekend—a personal loss of funds that coincided with FTX's implosion. Um, he will probably go bankrupt because of this. He lost. Um, He lost roughly $1 billion. This is the scandal that happened over the weekend that made him lose so much of his money. FTX lost roughly $1 billion of customer funds and the money, quote unquote, vanished, causing federal regulators to look into the company. The investigation will be conducted to determine the extent of harm to clients and what laws FTX may have broken, though FTX is not based in the U.S., a move that makes it possible for FTX to skirt U.S. financial regulatory laws. All right, next sponsor for the day, and that is Good Ranchers. So you only have a limited time to take advantage of their Black Friday deal. It is the best deal of the year. With your order of American meat delivered right to your front door, you get two Black Angus New York strip steaks for free. These are USDA Upper Choice Steaks, perfect for the holidays. This is also a great gift, a great Christmas gift. Also, you can order now and you can cook good ranchers and these two Black Angus New York strip steaks for Thanksgiving. Change it up. I don't really like Thanksgiving turkey all that much anyway. And so go ahead and order it now. You'll have it in time for Thanksgiving. It'll be a hit. I love that all of their meat is American-raised It's seafood. It's better than organic chicken. You got all different kinds of beef. We love Good Ranchers at my house. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. Make sure you take advantage of that Black Friday sale. You use discount code Allie at checkout. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. American meat delivered. So this is interesting. I mean, I don't see how in any sense this can be legal. This is a guy that has contributed to both Republicans and Democrats far more, millions more to Democrats than Republicans. But I do think it's sketchy that he has been taking money from uh, Republicans. And I could look more into, it'd be interesting to look more into what these particular Republicans that he is donating to, what they have stood for and what their stance has been on Ukraine. But he's also donated to people uh, like Cory Booker, Kirsten Gillibrand, who are obviously Uh, Democrats in Congress. And so this is a whole sketchy thing. You know how we talked about with Steve Dace last week? that Democrats don't even necessarily have to break any laws in order to undermine the very democracy that they say that they are saving. There was that whole Time Magazine article, we can link it in the description, that basically bragged about what they called fortifying the election, combining the powers of big tech and corporations and the media to ensure that people did not vote for Donald Trump. I mean, I mean, it's laughable. It is laughable that these are the same people who say that they are against fascism and that the Republican Party represents fascism because they don't want their kids reading porn in third grade at school. It's wild. It's all projection. And it's amazing how many people believe it. Like if we look at the election, again, this is just another example. Oh, we have to undermine democracy in order to preserve it, which is basically like the Democrats pitch right now. If we look at the election, I think that we can say that if you look at the state of Arizona and how long it has taken to count votes, also in the state of Nevada, Nevada, I think you did correct me the other day, Nevada, um, that there is at the very least, at the very least, being as like kind as possible, total incompetence going on, total incompetence. Because in Arizona, you basically have an election month, an election season, which I'm he- I'm sure you've heard a lot of people say so far. It's not just a day. It's not even just a week. Like you basically have two months of election season. Somehow people start voting a month before election day and they can't get the votes counted until a week to two weeks later. And so if you don't already know, Blake Masters, uh, he did not win his Senate seat, which I am Surprised? I'm surprised by I, I honestly never even considered that he would lose to Mark Kelly. I know the polls were pretty knock and knack but he had a lot of support um, from the right. I mean, maybe more, you know, more of like a subset of the right who really wants like a new kind of anti-establishment in a sense, Republican Party, Um, and then Carrie Lake, Uh, at least while I am recording this right now, it is very unsure how she is going to attain a path to victory. And so that's concerning. So at the very least, there is incompetence and just outright stupidity. Like what? Were you surprised if there was an election? Like, did you not know that it was coming? How can you have so much malfunctioning at once? It just doesn't make sense. Like, look at the state of Florida. They literally had a devastating hurricane a couple weeks ago. It's an extremely populous state. And many of the cities are extremely densely populated. And somehow they were able to count all of their votes on election night. Same with other very populous states. And yet. These swing states, especially the state of Arizona, because it was like this in the 2020 election, too, they just can't seem to get it together. And why is that? And there are a lot of people who are following this more closely than me. People in Arizona. Charlie Kirk has been all over this. Jack Posobiec has also been on this um, that have been talking about, like, what is going on and why things are questionable. I'm, I'm not someone who has spent a lot of time on looking at the 2020 claims and like diving into the claims of fraud and all of the lawsuits that happened in all of the swing states. I'm just not someone who has spent time on this. But I think that we can look, all right, this is several elections in a row where these particular counties don't have it together. And it seems to always go the same way for me to at least question the integrity of our system. Like, isn't that fair? Isn't that fair? The left questions it all the time when they lose. They talk about voter suppression constantly, even when they have years of record turnout. I think it is totally legitimate for you to at least ask, okay, if this is taking so long, why? It can't just be because of incompetence at this point, right? There's got to be some nefarious, uh, nefarious intent going on here. It's just a little strange. All right, last sponsor for the day, that is my Patriot Supply. When it comes to your food supply, It's better to be safe than sorry. We don't know what's coming down the pipeline. I mean, instability seems to be the only thing that we can predict these days. We don't know what's happening uh, with the food supply, with the supply chain. It's all just crazy. So just make sure when things do, if things do hit the fan, that you and your family are completely taken care of with a three-month supply of food from My Patriot Supply. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and you get one... Um, uh, You get one food kit for every member of your family. When you go, they've got a deal going on right now. Uh, You'll get $250 off their emergency food kit when you go to preparewithally.com. That's preparewithally.com. You save $250 on their three-month emergency food kit. That's preparewithally.com. Now, it does look like the House has been uh, taken over by Republicans, which of course is good. Um, But we've lost the Senate. Laxalt lost in Nevada, which is really unfortunate. Another one that I did not see coming. Um, And so we have this runoff now with Herschel Walker and with Raphael Warnock. And I know that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the scandal and the allegations against him, which I still think are egregious and I still wish, as I talked about with Delano last week, um, it would have been handled differently. Um, but uh look, you've got you've got to you you've got a choice. You've got a choice. You've got a choice between Raphael Warnock, who has allegations of abuse against him by his ex-wife, who was distraught talking to the news, saying that he tried to run her over with his car who pretends to be a pastor yet is ardently pro-abortion and is pro-disorder against everything that God calls good and right and true, not just in his personal life, and in his preaching, but also politically. So he is voting for the slaughter of babies. He is voting for the chaos and disorder. And you have Herschel Walker, who also has allegations against him, which he says are not true, who will not vote for disorder. So if those are your two options and we believe it's our civic duty to vote, no, I don't think that your salvation hangs on your vote or even on your civic participation. But these are the choices that we've got. And I think that the right thing to do, Uh, in this case, is to vote for the person who is not going to vote for the slaughter of babies and also just the degradation of our society. I mean, and I don't think that Democrats have any room to talk whatsoever about candidate quality or things like that. I mean, a zombie in Pennsylvania won. They voted for him. I mean, we also have close to that in the White House. So I don't think that they have any room to talk about that. Dr. Oz, of course, I think was just a terrible candidate. There's a lot more that I could say about all of that. Um, So I, I don't know what's going to be done about the integrity of or the efficiency at the very least of our elections. But if you really care about democracy, if you really care, like if you really care about continuing This American experiment, what is really a representative democracy, a republic, then you have to care not just about the integrity and the honor of our elections, but also the efficiency of them, because even the appearance of not counting all of the votes legally is enough to crumble at the trust that is necessary for freedom. Um, and honestly, we might be past that at this point. Republicans, I think, in a few red states did pass some good laws to ensure that we have integrity in our elections. But the whole, I mean, the widespread mail-in ballot, whole process, the process of voting for a month beforehand and then not counting in for a week after, I mean, there are some major, major reforms that are to be made. And then, but I'm not really sure if Democrats care about playing by the rules if this whole Ukraine operation is really a whole money laundering scheme. Wow. There's a lot going on. Good thing that we as Christians do not trust in politicians or princes or the political process. And good thing that Jesus is King and Jesus is Lord. And all we have to do is to do the next right thing for the glory of God. So that's all I have time for today. Thanks so much for listening. Like I said, tomorrow we will do a pop culture roundup. Lots to talk about. Jennifer Aniston, Nick Cannon, what all these things have in common. So I'll see you back here then.